Thanks for joining us for today's message. We're always encouraged to hear about how God is using Adventure Church to speak and work in your life. If you've got a story you'd like to share, please do so on adventurechurch.tv slash mystory. Also, if you'd like to support Adventure Church financially, you can do that online and help us bring messages just like this one to you each and every week. Now let's prepare our hearts to hear a word from God. Today, as we close this series up, we're going to talk about if you do have a dream in your life, if there is a passion that you really feel like God has put in you, like there is this dream job out there, like how do you maintain the the nine to five? How do you keep paying the bills and pursue your dream job at the same time? What if you find yourself in a situation today where you feel like you're stuck? We're like, man, you don't want to be in the place that you're at. You feel like God has something different, but you really just don't know how to get out of the situation you're in. How do you get out of it and pursue the plan God has for you? And so we're going to talk today, I've called this message, Building a Bridge Between Your Day Job and Your Dream Job. How do you build this bridge? Because the reality is, is that work is more than financial, it's more than occupational, it's personal, it's relational, uh, it's emotional, it can be physical, right? And many times what we do at work, especially since 80% of us are dissatisfied doing it, it, we come home and we bring that dissatisfaction into our home. And we're unhappy and it affects not just our work life, but our family life. And so we know that there's bad days at work, that you can't escape that, no matter if you're living your dream or not. I really feel like I'm living my dream. I'm, I'm, I'm right in the middle of what God has called me to do with my life. And I'll just be honest with you, there's days that I just want to quit, okay? I don't, I don't want to show up. I don't want to deal with whatever I got to deal with where, you know, I, I walk through Menards and I go, this wouldn't be a bad gig, you know, so, you know. Mix and paint, I can do that. No stress to that, no worries about that. Like there's days that I have that. And so the reality is you're always gonna have bad days no matter what you do. But what if it's been a bad month? What if it's been a bad couple months? What if it's been a bad couple years? And you're like, man, I just, I'm in this position where I, I feel like I've been stuck for years. And, and h- how do you get out of that? I can't quit. I got a family, I got a mortgage, I got... I got, you know, I got, I got to pay for this stuff, but, but I don't like where I'm at. How do you keep the hope of a dream job alive when your day job keeps you so preoccupied? How do you invest time in both? How do you do that? How do we, we pursue that? How do you build this bridge? Because some of you are maybe today find yourself in like this career crossroads, right? You're, you're at this place where it's like, I'm not happy, I feel like there's more for me, yet I have these responsibilities, yet I have this dream, and you're like, do I just quit and go all in and just throw caution to the wind and just, just go for it? Do I take the new offer? Do I just keep working and, 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 and fight for that promotion even though it seems so far out of reach? Or, or do I just keep enduring where I'm at? And eventually I'm gonna turn 65 and I'm gonna retire and then... I can enjoy life. Then I could pursue what's in me. What do we do with that? What is the path that you go down? What is the road? What is the bridge between your day job and your dream job? Jesus tells the story, a parable of this businessman. This, this, it's called the parable of the shrewd manager, and it's in Luke 16. 
And this manager is about to get fired because his boss is realizing that he's wasting money. So he's finding himself stuck, right? He's like, uh-oh, I'm about to get fired. And he says in there, he goes, I don't want to go dig ditches. And he said, I'm too proud to beg. He goes, so, so what should I do? And so what he begins to do is he begins to go to the, the people that owe his boss money and he begins to forgive some of their debt. He goes, how much did you owe him? Okay, well, why don't you pay this amount and then we'll just call it good. And they're like, yeah, that's great. So he was, he was intentionally giving them breaks in hopes that when he got fired, he could come back to them and go, hey, remember when I gave you that break? How about you cut me a break now? You want to return the favor. And that's what he's doing. And Jesus tells this story, and then he actually commends this dishonest manager for knowing how to leverage a present opportunity in order to provide for a future opportunity. He goes, he goes you got to give this guy a little bit of credit, even though he was dishonest in what he was doing. He at least figured out he was shrewd enough to know that he needed to leverage his present opportunity in order to prepare himself for his future opportunity because he was going to be fired. And he says, you're wise when you do that, when you leverage the situation you're currently in to provide for the future that you want. And so today, I want you to realize is that oftentimes, you don't know it while you're in it, but the path to your dream job runs straight through your day job. And you feel stuck, and you feel like you're in this position, and you go, I don't know why I'm here. And today, I'm going to convince you that God knows exactly why you're there. And if we can change our perspective a little bit, if we can get some things in our heart, I feel like you will be well on your way to building that bridge between where you are and where you want to be. And these principles will apply not just to your career today, maybe to your marriage, maybe to some relationships you have with your, with your family, with your kids, whatever situation you find yourselves in, these will be beneficial to you. So Jesus goes on at the end of that story in Luke 16, verse 10, and he says, if you are faithful in the little things, you will be faithful in the large ones. But if you are dishonest in the little things, you won't be honest with greater responsibility. And really, to break that down a little bit, it's simple, right? God gives us little things to prepare us for the big things that he has planned. You see, the problem is when we're stuck in our present situation, it's right here, right? We don't see past it. It's like, this is terrible. I can't see a future. I'm just looking right here, and I'm focused on my problems. I'm focused on my current situation, forgetting the fact that God, whom he's got this huge view of our life, right? beginning to the end. And he goes, ah, if you could just be faithful in this moment, man, it's going to prepare you for, for the bigger moment, for the dream that you really have. And so every experience in life, when we are a believer and a follower of Jesus, is equipping you for your future. Every experience, every one of them, the good ones, the bad ones, the terrible situations you find yourselves in, when we are following God, and we're going to talk more about this, he is preparing you for your future. But we have to be willing to be faithful with the small things to get to the big things. Building the bridge to our day job, one small thing at a time. Think about all these companies that started in garages, right? Think about it. You maybe remember that Walt Disney, I just was at Disney a couple weeks ago. Walt Disney started drawing these characters, Mickey Mouse, right, in his garage at night. 
So he had his day job, right? The nine to five, and then he had his dream job. And it was small beginnings starting in his garage, but he began to start that. Now they own the world, right? Disney owns the world. He's dead, but his family owns the world pretty much. They own everything. Apple, right? Jobs, starting in a garage, trying to change the world with this product, had his nine to five, but then had a dream that was bigger, starting in a garage. Google started in a garage. Harley Davidson started in a garage, which makes sense, right? So in those beginning days, there was a nine to five for these guys. See, it's easy for us to look at them and go, oh my gosh, you guys are living your dream, this dream of Disney and like, now you're in the middle of it. Well, let's, let's go back. The dream wasn't always the dream. It, it was just a dream. It wasn't a reality yet, but he was faithful in the garage so he could see this dream come to pass. They were working out of a garage, paying the bills during the day, dreaming at night. Zechariah 4.10 describes this, and it says, make sure you do not despise these small beginnings, because the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. There's that word, work, again. What, God rejoices in my small beginning? He rejoices to see me work hard for something? To actually earn something, to earn the promotion. I think about the small beginnings of our church. I was with 30 people in my sister's living room when we started this church. The idea of it. There was a dream of something like this. And I'll tell you, the dream goes beyond where we're currently at, the vision that God has. But if that group of 35 wasn't willing to sit in a living room with kids running around being all crazy, right? We wouldn't be here. We didn't despise the small beginnings and we certainly didn't despise the amount of work it was going to take to produce the vision and the dream that God had. And you can't do that for your life. God says, I rejoice in watching my kids work hard to achieve the destiny that I have on their life. He rejoices in that. And he says, you need to be faithful in those small beginnings. You need to be faithful in the garage because the garage is key to making sure you're ready for your dream. But the problem is, is in our culture, is that most people are too little for the big things because they are too big for the little things. Say that again because it's a little confusing, isn't it? Most people are too little for the big things because they're too big for the little things. Look, believe big. Have a big dream for your life. But be willing to start small. God says there's purpose in that. There's a reason for it. I'm getting you ready. And today the main idea of building a bridge between your day job and your dream job is to be faithful in the small things because God is paying attention. He rejoices in that work ethic. He rejoices in the process, in the journey. You see, we just want to rejoice in the destination. I just want to get there, right? Are you like me, right? 
I'm, I'm trying to get from A to B as fast as possible. That's the purpose of my car, right? Without getting pulled over, right? When we travel somewhere, I tell Jess, like, no, can we stop and get some coffee? Absolutely not, because if we get coffee, then we're gonna have to stop for you to use the bathroom. Riley is five, she's potty trained. Put a diaper on her. I don't care what we gotta do. We are getting there. Skip the journey, right? I just wanna arrive. <laughs> get me there and get me there right now. But God goes, eh, I got, a, I got a spot. I got a destination. But he's more concerned about the journey than he is the destination. He's concerned about the process. Mother Teresa said, be faithful in the small things because it is in them that your strength lies. And we forget that. So again, we just want to get there. And God is going, you don't have the strength to get there yet. The small things are what's going to develop you and give you the strength that you need to handle the destination, the dream. You see, and sometimes it's easy to think because things get hard and they're small in our minds that God has forgotten us, that he's forgotten you. You're like, I'm stuck. I've been stuck. I want out. And our perspective is so small that we can't see what God is doing and we forget that scripture is very clear that God has not forgotten you, that he knows exactly where you're at. And that he is working behind the scenes. He's weaving out this story for you and this plan for you. And he is just saying, be faithful in these times, in the small things, because I'm preparing you for something greater. James, Jesus' brother, in his first chapter, the letter he wrote, verses 2 through 4, he says, dear brothers and sisters, so... That tells us that he's talking to believers, people who believe in Christ, who are centered around him. They say, he says, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. Last week I talked about this race, right, that I found myself running that I didn't want to be in. And it was just awful. And these people who run these marathons in our church, I just, I admire you, but I just don't get you. I'm like, what is the point of that? Like, you know. But if you, if, if I just went to run a marathon tomorrow, right? 26 point whatever miles, two, I think. If I tried to do that tomorrow, I would maybe make it two miles. Maybe, right? Because I have no endurance. I haven't tested myself and pushed myself to develop that. So when you train for a marathon, you start small. And you work your way up, incrementally work your way up to all of a sudden your, your endurance has been built to where you can achieve that goal. And that's what he's saying here. Consider an opportunity for joy because when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. He says, so let it grow. Enjoy the season. Enjoy the small times because when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing, ready, fully equipped for the dream. Because if you just want to skip the process, you're going to get there, it's going to fall apart. Really, you won't even get there. So God says, man, enjoy it, actually. Think about it as an opportunity because God is doing something in your life. So we have to do whatever it takes to be faithful in those seasons. If you're in a transition at a crossroads in your career and maybe you're unemployed and you're searching for another opportunity, what do you do in those times? You make phone calls, right? 
You call people, you schedule meetings, you get a coach, you go, I gotta get better. I gotta figure this out because I believe God has something great for me. But our culture tells us the opposite. We want things again. I just wanna get there. I don't wanna go through a process. And great opportunities often disguise themselves in very small tasks. The little things in life determine the big things. Don't look for great tasks to do for God. Just do the not so great stuff. And God will then promote you and give you what he wants you to have. But our culture, we just want this. We want much more with very little work. We want the tip without the toil. We want the gain without the daily grind. We want the sweets of life without the sweat of the work. We want the prize without the pain. We want the peaks without any perseverance. And I'm just here to tell you today that God doesn't work that way. That's a fantasy. It starts in the garage. It starts small. So how do we remain faithful in the small things? What do we do? This is the main one-point message today. Be faithful in the small things because God is watching. How do you do that? You give your best to what you do control right now. There's a few things you control. There's a few that you don't control. And oftentimes for us, we control less than we think we do. God is in control, and the stuff that we can't control, he says, that's faith. Trust me. I'm working. I see. I'm paying attention. I haven't forgotten you. And he says, be faithful in the small. I see those things, but you can't control the economy, right? I was talking to someone last night that bought their house in 2005, 2006. How many of you know that was not a good time to buy a house, right? And then they just sold it recently. And they were like, man, we were just happy to kind of get out of it. Thankfully, the market's turned a little bit, but I still didn't get out of it. I lost. You can't control that, right? You can't control when you're bought out. Know another guy who works for the dispatch, right? This home family business was bought out by big corporation. You know, man, I don't know what's going to happen. You can't control that. That's out of your control. You can't control the industry you're in. You can't control the job market. Those are out of your control. But thankfully, there are some things that we do control. And God says it's in those small things that seem small, but they're very significant for you that you are to be faithful in. And when you remain faithful in those small things, you don't even realize it. You're building the bridge to the big things, the dream job. Give your best to what you do control. What do you control? What are the small things? The first thing is personal improvement. When you think about your career, the job that you want, the personal improvement, what is your plan to get better? And maybe you're not in a career transition, but you feel like God has more for your life, and he does have more for all of us. What are you doing to get ready for that? How are you improving yourself? Man, over the last few months with our team, We've been working on this very thing. We feel like God has a big dream for this church that surpasses my current capacity to lead. If God gave me the dream right now, it would fall apart. I'm not ready. I'm not prepared. I'm ready for what I got right now. And I'm to be faithful right now. But I am also to raise my personal lid of leadership, to raise the capacity in my life so that God can, can do more. But God won't raise my lid for me. That's not his responsibility. It's mine. It's all on me. Kyle, I got big dreams. 
raise your lid. Get a bigger capacity. So our whole team is in this process right now. This plan, what we should have, what we should be, what, what God wants us to accomplish, what is it gonna take from all of us on an individual level on our team? In first service alone, in our kids back there today, 75 children in those three rooms, just in first service. That's a typical Sunday for us, and both services combined. That's a lot of kids, right? And there's more back there right now. And so what that's doing right now, stretching them, stretching them, they go, this is what it takes. Because eventually, we're gonna be running that every service. What does it take for our team to grow? What's the plan? How are we gonna do that? What are you reading? What are you listening to? Who are you surrounding yourself with? What do you do with your free time? How are you improving yourself? Because that is all on you and you control all of that. But again, in this entitlement mentality, there's this, I want the promotion without the process. Just give me the promotion. I don't wanna work for it, I just want the process. I deserve the promotion. I deserve the prestige and the responsibility without having to pay the price to be faithful in the little things. And God goes, nope. Doesn't work that way. You have to earn it. And he said, I rejoice in seeing my kids work for it, to work hard to achieve something. And so you gotta take the initiative for your own improvement. It's your responsibility. No one else's, it's all on you. You control that. So that's what we do. We're faithful in that. Say, I'm gonna grow myself. I'm gonna grow my capacity. I'm gonna enlarge my giftings and the things that God has for me so that I will be ready for it. The second thing you control, attitude. I hate this one. I am a glass half full guy, right? Thankfully, Jess is the exact opposite of me. That's just how I'm wired. I don't like it, it's just the way it is. I don't even attend half of our creative meetings where like right now we're planning all the Christmas stuff is happening and we're planning all of our big Christmas stuff. I go in, I cast vision, I give them a budget and then I leave because they're like, dude, you always crush our dreams, man. Like, You always find all the negative stuff of why it won't work instead of actually looking to see why it could work, right? So I've removed myself from that because I just, I struggle with that. And a recent story of that is I was, I was flying back from the West Coast and I, had, I was in San Diego and I had to go through Las Vegas and then I was coming to Columbus on Southwest. And so I got to the airport like extra early. I was staying with another guy and his flight left way before mine. And so he was already up. And so I was like, man, I'll just get to the airport, whatever. So I get there and I get to my gate and there's a flight that's going to Vegas, which was my destination that was leaving right then. And it was Southwest and I was like, man, maybe I should just hop on this one, get to Vegas, have a little extra time at the slot machines, you know, maybe hit it big. I'm just kidding, that wasn't my thought. Uh, But I just wanted to get out. And so then I was like, ah, but you know what? Maybe I'll just hang here, grab a bagel, just relax, and, and just stick with my normal flight. So I decided to do that. And then it was just such a great thing that happened is that about 30 minutes later, I get a notification uh, on my phone saying, your flight has been delayed three hours. So then I was like, oh, so I rush up to the counter, and thankfully I did because I turned around and there was 80 people behind me who were going to miss their connection flight now because of this delay. So I'm talking to the lady, and she says, here's the deal. This is the best route that we got for you today. Now it's like 7 in the morning on the West Coast, and they're like, if it, we're going to have to fly, reroute you. We're going to fly you to Phoenix, and then you're going to have an eight-hour layover in Phoenix, and then you can catch that three-hour flight, and we'll get you home about 11.30 tonight. Will that work for you? I was like, uh, no, no, it won't. Is there another option? Um, no, there's not, sir. This is your only option. All right, book it, you know? So here I am, I get to 
Phoenix. I'm, I walk around for like an hour and a half. I saw the whole airport, right? Like, I stopped in. I just have this terrible attitude. I'm so upset about it. I just wanted to get home, wanted to get back. And so I'm in the, this little shop shopping for some gifts to bring the kids like I promised. And, and I wanted this color, this thing. That, and she goes, oh, yeah, we don't have that color and that. And I'm like, what? Why? I'm like, man. And she's like, whoa. You know, I'm like, and so I finally like go through, I get back to the deal and I'm just mad. I just have a terrible attitude and God just really spoke to me and it said, you have eight hours here to, to work, to get some stuff done. You got internet, you have food, you have restrooms and a comfortable seat. Why are you complaining so much? And I was just like, oh, I hate when God does that, right? <laughs> He's like, get a better attitude. You can't control the flight. You can't control what happens at the airport. You couldn't control all that stuff, but you control you. So shape up, pastor, right? That's like what I felt. Like, all right, fine, you know. I'm gonna have a good attitude, you know. I fought through it, but we control that. Stay positive. You go, well, it's tough. You don't work who I work for. You don't know my boss. Uh, Let's remember, who do you work for? Who? Jesus. Doesn't matter what your boss does. Be faithful in the small things because God is paying attention. He sees it. He knows what you're doing. And it says, and he will reward you for your faithfulness. He will reward you for your hard work. I want his reward, but I gotta control what I can control. My my personal improvement, my attitude, and lastly, your work ethic. You control your work ethic. You could hate your job, not like what you're doing, But you still have a responsibility, according to Scripture, to be faithful and to work hard and to do your best and to give your best because you are not working for the approval of man. You are working for the approval of your Savior, Savior, who gave his very best for you. And so he says, I want to see your work ethic. And he says, I rejoice in that. I rejoice when you hate your job and you still work hard. I find joy in that because I know that it's preparing you for what's ahead. You go, well, no one pays attention to me at work. No one cares. I'm never getting promotion. Jesus is watching. Jesus is paying attention. He's the one who's in charge of your promotion. And if you stay faithful in the small things, he will promote you. But you got to be willing to work. Work ethic takes work. You got to be willing to put in the time. You got to be willing to, to face the daily grind of work and to continue to give your best. Most of us, though, find ourselves waiting for something great to happen instead of working towards greatness. Ask yourself that. Are you just waiting for this opportunity to just drop into your lap? Or are you working, developing yourself, staying positive, understanding God is in control, and allowing him to work within you, and working towards greatness instead of waiting on it to happen? Because when we're faithful in the small things, God paying attention. So what do you do? I mean, like right now, for some of you, you find yourselves, you're like, yeah, I'm there. 80% of people find themselves in this spot where I, I dream of something bigger, but here I am paying the nine to five. What do you do? How can you be faithful in those small things? By owning those things, taking, yes. But, but what is the next step to take today when you leave Monday morning? What is the next step to take? And all it is is very simple. What do you do? You do the next right thing. 
What is the next right thing for you to do? God will give you the strength for your next step. He will not give you the strength for the end result. Just the next step. That's faith. One step. One step. Faithful. Faithfulness every day. Faithfulness. Being faithful to whatever God has put in front of you. So what is the next right thing for you? You build that bridge one step, one day at a time, one faithful action at a time where you're laying the foundation, you're building the bridge. It's one brick at a time. You lay that brick and you step on it. You build it more and you step on it and you're building this bridge day after day, being faithful, trusting God, laying the foundation for your future, but it is a grind. But what you have to remember is, is that the faithfulness, the small things, the daily tasks, the mundane things that you don't see God working in is that he is working. God has not left you. He has not forgotten you. And he rejoices in taking those steps with you. And he goes, I'm with you. I'll give you the strength to do that. I'll give you the strength to have a positive attitude. I know it's hard. Be faithful. Control your attitude. Work to get better. Develop your gifts. I am working for you. And your faithfulness leads to God's fruitfulness in your life. But if we just wait for the fruit, without the faithfulness, there's no fruit. Fall Fest we're having today, the church I grew up in, it was called Harvest Fest. It was the harvest, the season of harvest. That's the season we're in now, right? I drive these backcountry roads to get to church from my house, and I see these huge machines taking down all this corn and the dust flying in the air. and the, the farmers are finally reaping this harvest of crop that they planted months before. But there's no harvest to reap. There's no fruit to enjoy unless you're willing to plant in, in the spring, right? We just want to skip the fall. And God goes, no, 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 no. you got to plant. You reap what you sow. So sow. Keep sowing. Keep being faithful. And when we are, Scripture is so clear that when you are faithful, God is faithful. He's faithful even when we're not faithful. But it's clear his blessing, his favor in our life is tied to our faithfulness to him. You go, but I'm in this season, this transition season. You have a lot of questions. You have very few answers. And you're wondering what God is doing and where he's at. And as we close and the band comes, I want to share with you one last story that's pretty personal to me and to my family, and, but I believe will encourage you today. Because what do you do when the job doesn't work out? The plan doesn't work out. It's not going according to plan and you're discouraged and, and you're wondering where God is and what he's doing Well, it wasn't long ago that I kind of found myself in that season. Some of you may or may not know this. I felt a few years ago, before we ever moved back to Columbus, that God was calling me to move back. I lived out of state in different places for, I think at that time, it had been like nine years and was away from home. And I was actually here preaching at a retreat, an event that I was flying in for and then flying back out. We were living in Missouri at that time. And I was driving through Columbus from the airport up, up north on 71 to this retreat center. And, and I felt like God said, I'm bringing you home. You're coming home. I was like, ah, all right. 
well, I like Columbus, that's cool with me. Had no idea when, didn't have a plan, didn't know what to do, and so just went back to normal work, and then some things happened at the, the church I was working at, the, the senior pastor was, was transitioning, so it kind of put us in this season of transition, and I was like, God, what are you doing? And I got a call from a friend of mine who was going to be planning a church in the Columbus area. This was back in 2009, and so we began to pray about this opportunity. So I want you to, I felt like God's saying you should come and do this with us. And so I was starting to connect the dots, like God's calling us, told me about coming back to Columbus. And then here's this opportunity, yet it was going to require a lot of faith on our end, a lot of sacrifice to be willing to do that. And so we prayed earnestly for a long time and, and then really felt like God was saying you need to do it. And so we made our plans. We, we sold our home and, 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 and moved back and moved into apartment. Jess was like halfway through her pregnancy with Riley at that time. How do you know that's fun to move, right? When you're in the middle of a pregnancy, switching doctors and doing all this stuff. And, and so then we start planning for this church and, and Riley's born in the fall. She has open heart surgery in December. And then we launched the church in January and we were facing just all this kind of just struggle. And I told you earlier in part one of this where I was just working this property manager job going, what am I doing here? I left a lot. I could have stayed where I was. I had a comfortable salary, I had all this stuff. And here I find myself, and we kind of just press through it. And then just a few months in to being there, we kind of set this church up to operate in a certain way, and, and my role was kind of carved out, and it just wasn't working out. Have you ever been there before where you go, man, I kind of planned this, and we had this great idea, but it's just not working. It just wasn't working. And so we began this process of trying to kind of change my role at this church and kind of shift what I was doing and I just knew I knew right away that it just wasn't going to fit but this was home there was lots of people who came to this church plant like you to, to help and they were there because of the relationship we had and my family is here and I just had this baby and I knew that, that I was going to have to tell them we're, we're out we can't stay God's this isn't, this isn't what God has, and I don't know what he has. And fast forward through this long story, I have those, I mean, it was, it was gut-wrenching times. I mean, just really tough to have those conversations with people saying, man, God's transitioning us, and I don't know what we're going to do, and I don't know where we're going to go. And All of a sudden, Jess and I find ourselves, fast forward, in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, which isn't the most beautiful place in the world, right? It's a great church, and a great opportunity, and it was really the one that we felt like God had for us. But just to be real honest with you, it was just tough. It just, we were here, we were home, we were enjoying, you know, this area and what we had. And all of a sudden it was like, God, what are you doing? Why are we here? And we kind of felt like that the whole time we were in Oklahoma. Just kind of like this, what are we doing here? And we just did our best to remain faithful and to just keep doing every day what God had called us to do there, even when we didn't understand it. And there was days, believe me, where I had a terrible attitude and I showed up and wasn't improving myself and I wasn't hitting all this stuff right. But we just kept grinding and we just kept taking the next step and, and, and the next day. And, and God began to do different things at that church and began to shift some things. And then all of a sudden we were back here just visiting family on a vacation and, and God began to give us the dream for this church. And it just began to unfold, and we didn't even know then. We just took a step. We took another step. We just kept taking these steps of faith, trusting God. And 
then boom, it was like, here's the opportunities we're going to do. And it's taken, it's taken a couple years to be removed from that and that transition and that season of our life. But there was so much purpose in it that I can't even explain as far as preparing me for this. But the biggest one that'll probably connect most in this idea of dream job, and I developed some great friendships there and relationships with some people on that staff. And when we had this idea of planning the church, I went to the friend of mine who was technically my supervisor at the time. And I said, man, God's given us the stream. And he goes, well, we'll support you in that. We believe in you. I know you've only been here a short time, but we love you. And we believe in what God's doing in your life. And he said, if if that's what you want to do, if you want to go plan a church, he goes, we'll support you in that. We'll give you a six-month severance. We'll pay for your salary, your insurance, everything. So you can go and do that. Right? Huge. There's other friends that I had that since we took that step who came in and supported us just relationally but then also financially from their churches. And as we were preparing for this, I I added up since we started this church that those three friendships and relationships that I built in Oklahoma have given over $100,000 to this church. I had no clue what God was doing in Oklahoma. And all I knew to do was just to be faithful. And I wasn't always faithful. I fell short many times. But God was preparing and working and doing something. And if it wasn't for Oklahoma, there would be no adventure church. And this is my dream, man. And I didn't understand the bridge that Oklahoma was going to build at the time. But now I do. I didn't know then, but I know now. And today I want to encourage you. Romans 8, 28 says, and we know, we know this, that God causes everything, not some things, not part of your story, not part of the problem, all of this, to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. Everything, every step, every brick, Every act of obedience, God is saying, I'm working, I'm moving, I'm preparing. Consider it all joy because eventually you're going to be there. You're going to get there. In Galatians 6, 9, it says, so let's not get tired of doing what is good. Let's not get tired of doing the next right thing because it's just the right time. Not your time, but at God's time because his time is the right time. It says, we will reap that harvest. You will reap the blessing. You will reap the favor and the fruit of your faithfulness. So today, I say this to you. Wherever you find yourself, don't ever get tired of doing the next right thing. Be faithful in the small things because he is paying attention and he is working and he will reward you for your faithfulness. Your faithfulness will always lead to God's fruitfulness in your life. The whole series wrapped up just like this. This bridge to your day dream job. First, it starts with realizing the purpose of your life at work is to show that God is at work in your life. It's a platform. Every one of you have a ministry every day to share the hope and love of Jesus Christ with the world that he has put you in. The gifts that God has put in you are clues to his plan for you. Develop the gifts. Develop them. 
Get better, improve yourself, raise your lid, grow your capacity because God has something great for you. And when you find yourself in a season where you're stuck between your day job and your dream job, be faithful in the small things because your Savior, the rewarder, the giver of life, the plan, the one who created you, who who laid out the plan, he's paying attention and he rejoices in your faithfulness and he is using it to your good. So today, would you stand with me as we close out this time of worship together? We're going to sing a song that talks about God's faithfulness. And today, some of you, you need to proclaim in faith what you want to feel, okay? You don't feel it, but through faith, you praise God and you tell God that he is faithful and you ask him. And it's okay to ask God to give you faith. Say, God, give me faith to believe in this plan. Give me faith to keep the dream alive. Breathe hope into this situation. Maybe it's not your career. Again, maybe it's your marriage. Maybe it's your family. Maybe it's your kids. Maybe it's your financial situation where you go, I'm stuck. Have faith. Believe for bigger things, but be willing to start small. Be willing to start small. And I believe that as we proclaim our faith today, as we begin to recognize the work of God in our life, that even when we don't feel it, we will know that God is faithful. And he is the rewarder of those who diligently seek after him. So today, wherever you're at, can we worship God in faith, believing big, but being willing to start small. Sing this together.